Welcome to season two of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am your host, Charlene Light, and this season, I'm taking you on the greatest adventure of my life. I'm moving to Paris. I am a fearless coach and a soul guide here to inspire you as I navigate all things spiritual in the greatest city in the world, Perry. After spending a year tackling my fears at 40, I learned that everything that we truly desire and who we came to be is on the other side of our fear. Life gets to be as fun and miraculous as you dream it to be. So what are you waiting for? Let's begin. Welcome back to another edition of the Fearless Lady Podcast. I am so thrilled. I mean, really, I'm so excited to introduce my wonderful, wonderful guest who has been a client of mine for the past three years. I can't even believe it. Off and on for three years during the pandemic, we met and she came to me. She at first was dealing with um, you know, panic attacks and not feeling, you know, really safe in her own skin to now, three years later, she is moving with her husband and her daughter to French Polynesia, which is just absolutely astounding to me how much growth and transformation she has done in the past three years. So everybody, please give a round of applause <laughs> to Trina. Trina, pronounce your, your last name. I feel terrible. I don't want to butcher it. So will you say it for No, me? it's okay. Um, Trina Chimungold. Chimungold? Yeah, that's it. Chimungold. Okay. Like a T, Chai. <laughs> And so everybody knows that this last name, you are of Thai descent, right? That's right. My, my parents are, are from Thailand. I was born in Chicago. Fabulous. So I want to start when we first met, which I believe was, was it 2020 or 2021? I can't remember. It was 2020. So it was about a year after um, my daughter at the time she was almost one years old. Um, so I had come back home to Chicago and this is after living maybe 10 years abroad. So I'd done a variety of things before I had gone off to London. I was working as a banker there. I met my French husband um, in Nigeria. Then we went to Paris to, to live a little bit together. And then I ended up working for a French company. Um, that French company sent me to New York City, which is kind of where we originally met. Um, mm -hmm. I probably remember you more than you remember me. <laughs> and then, well, we took well, a year Well, it's because to... you came to my, you were in my yoga class, right? That's how you yeah, got on my exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That was that was like the introduction to yoga for me. That's where I began my yoga journey. And then that's where I originally uh ran into you at Equinox and I absolutely loved your classes. Mm. <laughs> um but that was that was in 2017. So it's funny because I had done so much afterwards. I had, you know, ended up going on this world tour with my husband. And then after that, I wanted to be close to family just to start a family of my own. So fast forward into 2020, um, I was living in Chicago. I was working for LinkedIn at the time. Um, things, I wouldn't necessarily say were, were going well. It was a funny time for all of us, but well, I say that um, it, it's quite interesting because I was having panic attacks uh, maybe for, I don't know how many months but it was the start of it was when I had given birth to, to my daughter, Kira. Um, and I just didn't feel like myself. I was just having such a hard time mm -hmm. figuring out what this new role of motherhood was. 
and then there was the pandemic and and then um you know people talk about postpartum but postpartum is supposed to last maybe 3 or 4 months supposedly now i i i'm hesitant to say that because everyone's experience if anyone is listening that's your own experience um i'd say my postpartum lasted way over than a year um and then it ended up triggering another uh illness in the body, which was hyperthyroidism. So that was the reason that I was actually having um, these panic attacks. My heart rate was at 90 minutes per hour, uh, per minute, sorry. And uh, yeah, it was just, I wasn't in a good state. And I remember receiving this newsletter from you mm-hmm. and I had received your newsletter for so long, but I never really said anything. I just kind of followed you. Um, I didn't even think that you would remember who I was. And then there was this, this newsletter and it was something like, get off your, your sofa or get off your couch, <laughs> step into your road. Okay. And it, it just called, spoke it to me. Called, get off your couch and step, step up your life. Cause we were in the pandemic. There you go. It was like a play on, we're all sitting on our couches. Like, like let's use this time wisely and let's step up our life. Right. And so I, yeah, I was promoting a six week group coaching program and I'm laughing because (laughs) sorry, but it's so funny. Um, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. So I'm going to pick up from where you you just left off. So I'm promoting this group coaching program. Meanwhile, (laughs) nobody had signed up, but I get this sweet email that says from Trina and she's like, is there still room? Can I? Is it too late? Yes. Yeah. Is it too late? And I was like, no, not at all. There's room, you know, and in my head, I'm just like, okay, all right. I got to sign up at this point. You know, for most of you that are listening, I had just started to pivot into coaching. So like I was really learning like what I wanted to do and trying things out. So I didn't care as long as somebody was on the other side of this, I was going to teach it. You know what I mean? And I remember thinking, oh, she has no idea what's in store because I Mm. knew I was so energetically jazzed that you had signed up, that I had somebody on the other side of this, that I was like, she's not even going to, like, she's going to love it so much. She's going to continue. And here we are three years later. I was right. (laughs) I know. know. My goodness. But that is, it was almost serendipitous. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I really do feel like it because I was, I was in such a, a bad, I, I don't really want to say bad because now in hindsight, I, I am judging it. But at the time it, it felt like I, I had done so much. And then all of a sudden this, this pivotal time in my life where I'm transitioning into motherhood, I had all these expectations of who I should be. And I was mm-hmm. focusing so much on that, that I, I completely lost touch of who I actually wanted to be. So at that point, you know, I remember that first conversation we had, even going back into like the things that lit me up or my passions or the projects that I'm working on. I, I, I wasn't really in touch with that part of myself probably since giving birth. And it was mm-hmm. just a breath of fresh air. And I remember after that first session, I wrote back to you and I was like, you're going to change my life. Mm, I know. And I was like, wow. It was so prolific, honestly, because I think you also changed my life. Do you know what I mean? It's true because I think, 
you know, and this is important for anybody that's starting a business and has a fear around like, oh, am I a failure if I only get one person to sign up? Or No, it's all about how you, what you make that mean. And in that moment when you signed up, I was like, she has no idea. Like I have so much to give her. I have so much to offer. I don't care that it's one person. Just, just the fact that like, what if I had given up? What if I had said, you know what? Sorry. Because I had offered it at such a low price initially. And and since I was just giving it to you, like as a one-on-one, I didn't, I kept the same price. I wasn't like, I'm not going to, now I'm going to charge you more because it's a one-on-one. I was like, no, but what if I had changed my mind? What if I said, you know what? It's only one person. Let's just postpone. Like, what if I did that, Trina? Like, can you imagine and I know. So I actually, just, I actually thought that I, I, I didn't have the expectation that you would continue. In all honesty, I remember talking mm-hmm. to my husband. I'm the only one because it, it. I mean, people do it all the time, right? They have this expectation of a big group. One person shows up, and a lot of people they think, oh, it's not worth my time. It's not worth my money. I'm going to postpone mm-hmm. it. I'm going to cancel. I'm going to explain, and it would have been perfectly acceptable to me because that's what I was anticipating. So when you said that you were continue, I felt like I won the lottery. I was like, what is this? Is she okay? And then, and then Pierre is like, as a business owner, he's just like, you know what? She's, she's probably just like starting off. She really wants to give it to you. She's committed to it. So just go with it. If she wants to give it to you, don't feel bad. So I'm like, okay, mm. let's do it. I love that. I love that. That's so cool. So yeah, when you, and it was beautiful because like, I think it was like, you know, session three, you were like, um, can I continue after the, how many sessions do we have left? Can we continue? And I was like, of course. Well, it was only six sessions. So I mean, I think, yeah, like midway through, I was just curious. You know, I didn't, it's so funny too. And I guess if you're speaking about it from a business perspective, right? So there's this entry price. And I'm thinking, okay, the entry price is okay. And then all of a sudden, when I start to work with you, I start to realize, oh, there's a lot of value in this. So all of a sudden it opens me up, right? Mm. As someone, as, as a coaching client saying, okay, there, there's value in what this person's doing. Like, I want to learn more. Like, what is it that she can offer me? And now mm. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to pay more um, because mm-hmm. I see the value. Right. Exactly. Oh, that's so great. Thank you. So that first session, I would say we both really clicked. I mean, I, the fact that you have a French husband, Trina, and that you lived in Paris, come on. It was like the universe literally going, hello, we, we giving you the perfect soul to work with because there were so many aspects of you and your journey that I related to. Um, I never told you this, of course. No, you, you didn't. Know, I'm not. Yeah. Because it wasn't about me. Right. But in my heart, I was like, oh, this is like the perfect perfect client for me because we're so aligned in what we value and the way that we see the world. And so, you know, and that's important too, because it's like, not everybody is going to be a good fit, you know? And like, if anybody is looking for a coach or anything, a therapist, like you want to find people that share a similar value system. Yeah. I think it was um, something I noted. It's interesting as well, because when I met you, um, I, I'd been going through these panic attacks, going through the anxiety, but not thinking that there was anything wrong with me. So in, in that mind, I was still trying to get myself together. It's just like, no, not talk about it to a single person, not mention it to a single doctor. Um, this is affecting my personal life now. It's starting to affect my work life. I'm literally like, can't catch my breath in between calls. I'm crying before and after um, Zoom meetings. I'm five minutes late to meetings. I'm making up excuses because 
because I can't pull myself together and I'm turning off this. It is just such in a bad condition. I'd gone to the hospital, two doctors leading in Chicago telling me that, you know, the best solution for me is to remove my thyroid because it's just producing wow. so many hormones. And um, I, I'm not going to be able, it's, it's 10 times the level of normal hormones that I'm supposed to have in my body. And it's causing me to go in overdrive. But they do explain that you have to go on medication for the rest of your life. Um, but that doesn't seem normal to me. So all of a sudden, something in my body is telling me, this is not the way I have to do something different. Mm -hmm. And when I received your email, it was just all these things kind of coming together where that there's more to this than the physical manifestation of the, the illness. So let's talk about that beginning sort of chapter of us working together, because during that time, I felt like a lot of this stuff you were so open to. I mean, I did not mm -hmm. feel at all that there was a resistance in any of it. I felt like you had hit your rock bottom. You had tried all these different things. You were really confused. And I think what I was able to do was just to kind of allow you to understand, like, maybe this is actually happening for you and you just can't see it yet. And if you're willing to move with me and do these exercises, there might be a higher lesson in all of this. And I promise you, you're going to feel good along the way without having to take out your thyroid and all this stuff. Like I was trying to say, like, like that's a symptom to a much larger problem, but let's, let's get to the root. And while we're taking this journey, let's have some fun along the way. So I, I had given you, I remember, mm. cause I was looking back, I had given you some interesting fearless acts, like going to the grocery store. Cause I remember you were saying you, you love Celine oh Dion. Gosh, and I was that. like, do you remember that? I was like, okay, you're going to pretend you're Celine Dion one day. And you'll, you'll, you know, you have to remember this is during the pandemic. So there wasn't like a lot that you could do um, outside of the world. So it's like, we had to get really creative, which was cool because I'm all about imagination and creativity, but I had given you these really kind of fun, sweet, you know, fearless acts that Every time we would get on this call, I started to see more joy in your eyes and more laughter and more silliness and like the ability to kind of laugh at yourself, even though you were going through really difficult things, I felt like you were able to latch on to some of that, like kind of inviting and opening the door to like the playfulness, almost like your inner child a little bit, like giving yourself permission to be that, you know? I remember the the singing, but specifically in the grocery store at Trader Joe's. You know, sometimes Trader Joe's has a really cool playlist. Um, and that's actually turned into a ritual. So now that's a ritual, but not just with me. It's it's me and Kira. And now she's three and a half. It's It was freeing at, at that time. You know, I, I, I was just doing it and there was a, a playful act. But then once it turned into a ritual, that's when I realized, oh, wow. There's something, it's a freedom act. It's not just a mm -hmm. fearless act. It's a, it's a freedom act that's empowering, Aww. that's saying to, it's it's an act of love to myself saying, no matter where I am, no matter how I'm feeling, I have the choice to create this freedom and give myself this love. Oh, I love that. Yes, that's exactly, exactly. <laughs> it. You put it so beautifully. I love that. Um, so talk to me about that first, you know, belief clearing session. Honestly, you were the first person, and and, and now I've I've you know gone into to other mediums as well. I've worked with body work, um, inner healing, but but like you were the first person who who actually put me in contact with my body as this 
I guess, tool for wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. So kind of like shutting off the mind a little bit because I was still in the mind. I was still trying to figure everything out. I was still trying to, you know, like, please and do this and, and be this way for, for, you know, my, my husband, my, my work, my daughter. And then you really taught me how to connect with the body and try to figure out, okay, what is it that the, that the body wants us to know? You know, I remember you Mm -hmm. doing the exercise with me for the first time. Um, about kind of using the body as a as a pendulum. Is that what you call it? Yeah, um, so, yeah, as the muscle testing. Uh-huh. Yes, the muscle testing. You know, and then my chiropractor does the same exact thing. So I'm just uh-huh. like, okay, there is <laughs> wisdom in this. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and for the listener, um, basically we ask the body what it's holding. We ask it if it's holding certain beliefs and the body will let us know yes or no. Yeah, that's kinesiology, I think it's called. Where it's like you're, it's, it's okay. about muscles. Yeah. But go ahead. Yep. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, funny because some people may be resistant to this, but then I was at a point where I thought nothing to lose, but then also later on, like learning a bit more about the body, understanding that this is definitely um, a science behind it. That's how it was also like very, very powerful because, um, well, we, so, so it, it's a process and I was actually amazed by this process because I was explaining it to, you know, other friends that I've recommended you to, and, you know, we go into this meditation. So I think there's a state where we, we kind of go inwards first. You, you walk me through mm-hmm. this, this meditation and then, you know, there's, <laughs> I was describing it to one friend and she's like, it sounds like hypnosis because I told her, well, I, I remember the beginning of the meditation, but then sometimes at the end where, you know, we go into colors or memories that surface where I don't control what memory surfaces because we're working with emotions that the body's holding. So what mm-hmm. is it, the emotions that you're feeling? What are the memories that's just triggering for you? All of a sudden, when we go to the memory that it's triggering for me, you know, I can go in and, and I've said this to you before, when we're doing a belief clearing session, I have a specific idea in my mind of what memory this emotion is linked to. A hundred percent of the time is not that one. So this exactly. is like fascinating to me. And I, and I remember sitting there in, in these sessions with you going, no, Charlene, it's not, this is, this is irrelevant. This memory is, right. how could this be related? <laughs> so that was like the, the kind of wow factor for me though. And you, you, the more you do it, the more you start to believe in it, because all of a sudden you're realizing the body is holding memories that you can't even associate, you know? Mm. So it's, that's just, yeah, even like there's a lot of attachment in terms of, I mentioned being so caught up in the role and a lot of that was, well, what is my duty? You know, how was I taught to receive love? How was I taught to show love? Mm-hmm. Um, which is impacting me, you know, to this day. Um, so that is, and then just, then you go in and, and, and you, after, you know, you can whatever you get out of, of that session and you go in with, okay, is the body still holding this? Can I help to clear it? And there are certain times where we started to work together. Maybe, I don't know what session, it wasn't the first, it wasn't the second, but maybe the third or something like that. You started to, to read, it was almost like we were doing it together where you would be mm-hmm. talking to my body, not just what I just said, but you'd be looking at it and you say, there's something still there. Right. Mm-hmm. And it would be mm-hmm. a release when you felt into that moment. All of a sudden, I feel I feel a release after mm-hmm. after it's cleared and it's and it's 
a beautiful sensation, but it's not mental. I'd say like for the first um, couple months, we did a lot of those fearless acts to connect with joy, um, you know, to incorporate play, belief clearing, to really, that those were, I mean, I'll be honest with you, those were like essential to me in the beginning. There was so much to, to unpack there that I was holding on to. It's an expansion and a contraction. I'm going back and forth in and out, um, mm-hmm. maybe needing to go back to now that I have the awareness. But at that same time where I'm, you know, doing all of that work with you, there is this cultivation of intuition is what I call it. So now it's not just, you know, what are these beliefs that are, that are kind of holding you back? It's, well, now that you, you were working on this, what's the voice? Who are you really? Who's that Mm -hmm. inner voice? What does that voice want to do? And that's where we start to play with, um, understanding emotions more, not just understanding them, but listening to them. Yeah. Right. Because exactly. I was suppressing a lot and that's maybe from conditioning, maybe from who knows what, but not necessarily shaming. There was a lot of, there's a little bit of, of shame in, in, in what I was feeling. I should not feel this way. Mm-hmm. So when I said, okay, I should not feel this way. I don't go into it. I try to hide it. I try to ignore it. I try to feel something else and it just never, ever went away. And then mm-hmm. I think, you know, essentially you were the person who taught me, well, how do we actually use these feelings regardless of what they are, not judge them, but listen mm-hmm. to them. And that's mm-hmm. when we started journaling um, or I started journaling. I say we, but. <laughs> <laughs> right. I was like, what if we ask these emotions? Like, what would you have me know? You mm-hmm. know, because they all have a powerful message and I'm all about, let's include all of it. It's not about you know, oh, the ego's bad. And oh, this, you know, it's like, why don't we just get the ego on board with what we want? Why don't we get these emotions like to let us know, like, what is it that you need from us? Right. How can I best serve you? Because it's true. If we just try to like ignore them, we know it's going to come out in some negative way, you know, and it's, it's going to come out to somebody that doesn't deserve it, you know, (laughs) essentially or ourselves. Right. So it's like, and what I loved is like, you took that to another level because you started to, again, listen to your intuition and you started to use what came naturally to you, which was to start to draw and to paint like an an exercise (laughs) in allowing the inner child a little bit more airtime. Right. Because it really is about opening all of you up right? Not just like, oh, I'm this person. I'm a mom. I'm this, I'm in this role. It's like, what if we really opened you up completely? What would that look like? And so you really started to to latch onto that and was like, oh, I just started journaling. I started to buy paints. And I, I mean, it was just like so beautiful to, to see how, and this is important for most of you or for everybody on the journey, which is like, yeah, it's important to take these tools, but when you make them your own, when you put your own authentic stamp on them, that's freaking embodiment. That's a whole nother level because this is something you're going to be doing the rest of your life. It, it almost feels like a rebirth in a way because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm connecting to the self, but also I'm doing this with my daughter as well. So mm-hmm. I have pages in there where she sees me coloring and she sees me drawing and she's like, oh, she wants to partake too. You know, and then like the old me would have been like, no, you're coloring out of the line. Like, no, it's not. This is mama's piece of art. And then I was like, no, 
This is what do you what do you want to add it? You know, because then it's the imprint of that exact moment in time. Not trying to be perfect, but just experiencing it for what it is. Me being in my flow, my daughter wanting to partake in it, and this squiggly line going through my my drawing. That is her being with me in that moment. Oh, I love that. And you know what? You could even take it one step further and introduce to her the idea like, this is what anger looks like to mama. What does mm. anger look like to you? So that she starts to grow up with this idea that she doesn't have judgment or resentment of anger, that it's just an emotion. It's a part of her. And she maybe as a positive way to express it, she can draw just like mama does. I mean, how beautiful yes. would that be to grow up not being afraid to feel? Right. Absolutely. And it's, this is also like later on, you know, the, the work that we did together. And, and I'm happy to admit this. There was, there was a good portion of our time. I think this happens to a lot of people in therapy where um, I felt like I couldn't do it without you. This is true. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of the belief, whenever I get stuck and, and you probably remember it too, this is at the, maybe at the beginning phase where Whenever there was something like completely emotional that I needed, I just like, oh, Charlene, like, please help me. Let's do a mm-hmm. belief clearing session. I don't know at what point, but that started to transform. Maybe you started to give me different tools or we started to go in like a different direction. And now I feel like, you know, absolutely, I can still turn to you, but I don't, I don't necessarily need to. Instead, I'm using the tools that you've given me so that I can get in contact with myself on my own. Because let's face it, as much as I love you, you, you're not, I can't be completely dependent on you, right? Of course. (laughs) Yeah. No. And this is a really important lesson for me as well, which is like, I don't want clients to be dependent on me. I want to give you the tools and I want you to fly. So I do remember consciously changing the way I would respond to you and giving Uh. you like questions. So instead of giving you the answers, I would start to give you, okay, I want you to do these journal prompts. I've just added them Mm. to the doc. So I started to change the way I responded to you. Ultimately you were ready. It was just, how can I do this in a way that I wanted to be sensitive to you, but also be like, okay, I want to empower you to find this within yourself. It's like important to remember when you're on your journey and you're reading all these books and you're learning from different coaches and therapists that you should know that you, you know yourself more than anything. And so if something is really speaking to you and if you have an idea or a creative way to express it, do that because that's really what we came to do. You know, I remember my journey in the beginning, I was like taking everything that the books told me because <laughs> that's what you do. You're just, it's so new. You're like, I don't yeah. even know how to color outside the lines. I'm just mm-hmm. going to, you give it to me exact, and I'll do it. And then it took many years, many years, more than two years, Katrina, for me <laughs> to add my own spin on it and understand, oh, that's, that's what this is actually about. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So just to give people permission to do the same, I think is really important, you know? Yeah. I I think that's an important point that you bring up because I do remember, and we've worked for so long already, where there would be these exercises and I would do them, right? But they didn't necessarily like resonate with me yet. Or I would do them and I I wouldn't, because now I go back and look at the questions and I remember, why was that so hard for me to answer? Like, Mm -hmm. why was that so hard for me to answer? Maybe it was in a different space or just these practices, even when we're talking about journaling or even like 
asking asking the the emotion like what, what is it trying to tell you to do you you told me that from the beginning but I couldn't do it right it just it just you know I would I would do it but I didn't do it and then it was really like when I started to do it on my own but that that it I, it was at my own pace mm-hmm. you know so there's these like so many tools out there that we can use um but it might not be in the same chronological order for everyone I feel like it's a combination of like not just the tool but where you are in mm-hmm. in your world right now you know how open you are or like what you need right so like if I go in and I tell you okay I was sick here you know in 2020 and this is 2023 these are all the things I did it's not necessarily going to work in the same way for everyone else right right so exactly I think that's like one of the things that I started to learn from you is just okay like this is the toolkit but what is it that starting to feel out too like what is it that really is like working for me and what's resonating with me and then taking that and making it my own and 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 the other one that you gave me I think a little bit later is so so we start to shift at a point in our relationship there's this like getting out of this like dark place mm-hmm. <laughs> illness I start to feel really empowered in motherhood, like really owning it, start to become curious again, playful, experimenting. I start to tell you like stories about Kira and how she's like my teacher and how I'm learning from all these things that she's doing. She's changing as well. Something shifts, you know, she's a little bit, she's not like baby. Oh my gosh, she's going to get crushed. I don't know what to do. She can't give me feedback to this amazing, playful, spirited child who wants to communicate with me. So like we're, we're growing together, you know, somehow we we get to a certain point where I'm just like, this job is not for me. Yes. I don't know how we ended up there, but this this job is not cutting it out. No, and I think this is so important because it was it just yeah. was a journey to get you to a place where you started to really go, wait a second, this doesn't even fit me anymore. Like yeah. what I'm doing, what I have to offer, what's possible for me. And that's that's real empowerment when you start to be like, oh, I I don't need this role. But I remember we worked together when you had expressed like, well, then who am I if I'm not this role or who am mm-hmm. I if I'm not? don't have this career, quote unquote, right? What would that be like? So there was some sort of that ego death around you had worked your whole professional career and you got to a certain place that was like very shiny and looks good and you can do a lot of things. And and so it was about coming to terms with that, you know, it took you a while to leave. It took you a while to leave, remember? I have to tell you something about this. Yes. It's, it's the identity attachment. So, um, but I do specifically remember one day walking along the river in Chicago and wearing my, my LinkedIn, um, little Patagonia thing that they they brand everyone's branded in <laughs> walking these, like, why is everyone branded first of all? I didn't realize that, but but at the time, I'm proud because like someone else is wearing their branded backpack, you know, oh, that's the company that they work in, that's the company, we're all kind of like, kind of look the same and we're all different, but in a way, like we're in that same energy space, it is like a commercial center where businesses operate and I'm where, and then the thought occurs to me, what if I don't have, I know it sounds like a little bit, I don't know if it's superficial or not, but but it is, there's this attachment to the identity about this is a large part of what my identity is. And if I all of a sudden take away this like sweatshirt, I'm not wearing it anymore. How am I going to fit in with these people? 
Because I, I, there is this part that maybe it does come from child, but this is just, just wanting to, to kind of assimilate, want assimilate this immigrant kind of mentality that my parents had. Right. So, but, but then now fast forward and that's taken away. I go back into the same river walk a couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, and this was after a, a meditation retreat. So I'm at a different state of, I'm just, and then I'm like, I start to play music and just dance. So I'm dancing, looking like a, I don't care, but I am dancing in the middle of the Chicago Riverwalk. Everyone is wearing their branded things. And I'm like, so this is you. You're be, you're, you are beyond that sweatshirt. I am beyond this sweatshirt. We are more than this. And anyone can be anything in this space. Anyone can be anything in this space. So it's just, I just tell that story to kind of, <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. There's just all these possibilities that can exist, right? Like just this one role now, another role, next role, and then just like this expression of a person inside that's always been there, regardless if she's wearing a sweatshirt or not, you know? So, but that but that took 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 a while to kind of get there and, and fully um embrace. Now looking back, and this is a question I want to ask you now, like now looking back, what would you tell yourself, you know, when you mm. were going through what you went through, um, about to sign up for <laughs> my, uh, my group coaching, you know, program. Um, but what would you tell yourself during that time before you even maybe got that newsletter where you just felt like panic attack after panic attack and not understanding why and not feeling connected to who you are, what would you tell yourself then that you know now? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Um, just to, to cut out the noise. Mm-hmm. I think there was so much noise out there that I was listening to, mm-hmm. but I never really looked inward. I never really looked inward to say, oh, what is it that you actually want for yourself outside of all the noise? So that's a practice. So I, I would I would literally tell myself that now, um, but I don't know if I would have been able to do it because it, it, it's, it was a practice of getting here. Um, you know, it wasn't like overnight, it's just, yes, I, I know what I want. Um, but yeah, and I think, I think something, you know, when I was looking back into the diaries, there was something inside of me that knew what I didn't know. So if I go back to 2021, the things that I wrote are the things that are happening now, but I didn't mm. know that this would be happening. That's the the freaking amazing part. So maybe it's almost like trust in, in, trust in this feeling that you have inside. Mm-hmm. Because I think each of us, what when we're going through extreme pain or we're when we're lost or we're confused, there is still this part of us that we can feel that is is crying out inside. What is it that you would have what what is it that that voice would have you know? Mm-hmm. I, I would mm-hmm. I would try really, really to understand what is that? Because I there were signs. There were signs that I shouldn't be doing a certain thing, but I ignored it. You know, um, there would be signs 
literally coming into my, I'd be working at 11 PM at night and I was going through postpartum and I wasn't sleeping. You know, anyone who has a, a young child, a baby knows this, but I still, I still wanted to perform. I still wanted to be a certain way, even though something inside of me was saying, stop, stop. Mm-hmm. I ignored it. I ignored it until the point was I was sick and then I couldn't ignore it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for so many of us, pain is the, is the, is the call, right? Pain is the wake up call. It's like, we will continue to go down, you know, an unhealthy pattern or path, you know, path until we literally can't no more. And for a lot of us, it's like, we need that pain or that heartbreak to wake us up. And, and so it's such a beautiful um, journey to witness somebody go through and also incredibly inspiring because if you think about it this you know just three years ago Trina you were having this incredible I mean horrible time of like trying to figure out who you are and then it's like three years later you have this whole new skill set this practice of like listening to your emotions being uncomfortable being comfortable in the uncomfortable having real discernment making empowered choices creatively imagining what your future is going to be like you know moving quitting the job the corporate job that like that was like a big deal for you right and then moving into something that you're more passionate into you know doing yoga teacher training figuring out you want to also teach you know guided meditation or whatever it is you want to do really kind of stepping into the fullness of who you are kind of not kind of still in the space of the unknown because now you're going to be moving with your (laughs) your family all the way to French Polynesia and you're taking this huge leap I mean that's three years is such a short amount of time to like do all of that you know what I mean I mean it really is because what I would what I would ask you now if you were to find yourself in a position where you felt maybe maybe a similar feeling whether it's pain discomfort or fear around something, how would you move through that now having the skills that you do and the tools that you do and the awareness? I can't do so. I will tell you right now, if I'm, I'm sitting here, I can't do so with, with just the thought I need to write it out. So I need Mm -hmm. to write it out to understand what is that. And then it just flows. Right. Mm -hmm. And then there's also this, this, this writing it out, but without any judgment, without any shame. So letting it say whatever it wants to stay in all of its ugliness. I Mm -hmm. need to 100% write that out. There's so much. and, and, And it's crazy to think now, but I'm sure that people can relate. Even when I was journaling in the past, there would be judgment and shame of what I was writing down. So I did not write it. Fear mm-hmm. of someone finding it, fear of me admitting something that I didn't want to admit. Now that that's gone. Letting go of that. Because most of the time it's initial feeling. That fear leads to something deeper, some mm-hmm. some wisdom, something that isn't isn't fearful or shameful at all it's it's beautiful but I don't know what that is until like until I let that 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 ugliness come through um exactly that's what that's what I would probably say no I think that's that's so beautiful and it's such a again like a journey to get to right because Mm -hmm. it's so practiced and conditioned to be the old way um which is just to ignore and to numb 
and to yeah. clean. Remember that was one you did? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> right. What is so, the coping like mechanism? Exactly. Yeah. You would just clean. And I was like, okay, what if we didn't? What if you sat? Because <laughs> usually everything comes back to we are avoiding feeling something. Mm-hmm. What are you avoiding feeling? That's always what it comes back to. And so if we can we can alleviate some of that by just dropping in to the feeling and asking it what it needs from us, from us, or we can literally just take a couple breaths. I always put my hand to my heart and just like breathe with it, right? Acknowledging mm-hmm. it, letting it move through us. I know breath work was a big one. Um, that's also a great way to release emotions. Absolutely. We started that pretty early. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and I will say there's another part because I, I, I keep on forgetting this, but it's also something that shifted at a certain point. So you, you speak about, you know, me quitting the job. So that's almost this, this symbolic, I don't know what you call it, but it's, it's, it's almost symbolic of letting go of the conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's essentially, you know, who was it that you were taught to be and become, and then letting go of that. Now you're stepping into this unknown then it triggered a whole different set of fears because there's no expectation. You don't know what's on the other side. The conditioning, you can kind of anticipate what's on the other mm-hmm. side because you've seen it before or you're conditioned to be a certain because you think that that is successful. That will lead to happiness, X, Y, Z. Then when you step into the unknown, this element of trust, that's something that we really worked on as well. So trusting mm-hmm. something outside of myself as well, working with the universe. This is something that I, I think that's, that's kind of where we are now. I don't know if you would agree. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I think what was, and you can, you know, explain, but what was happening with you deciding on where you wanted to move was, you know, you were getting, the mind was taking over and overanalyzing everything. And what if this, <laughs> and what if that? And I said, let's just go back to like, what would it feel like if I already knew and, and conjure up those feelings and, and use your imagination and just be more playful. So again, just like getting back into that playful state, right. Where you're experiencing joy, where you're dropping into the body. And then I remember you just totally took off for that. It was like, yeah. And then I manifested the house and then if this person, you know, this, all of these amazing things happened because I just, I, I was able to shift the perspective of what you were doing. We did these exercises of, of what was it called? Of a visualization. Creative, yeah. There you go. Visualizations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Just, um, and then feeling it. So I would, I would draw it out. You have this idea. And at first, okay, I'm thinking, what is she? okay, fine. Cause I've worked <laughs> with you long enough where I just try anything new. <laughs> and then you're right. All of a sudden you, you start to feel what's real for you. So if you write something and you do the exercise and you're not feeling it, just to just, just start over. And then you get to a point where you're, you're actually visualizing, but you know that this is true because you can feel it inside of you. Mm-hmm. So that was the first step. And then all of a sudden we talk about, okay, being open. You put that energy out there. Now, what else is there? For, it's just paying attention to signs. And all of a sudden, I received these amazing signs from the universe connecting with an old friend. She's sailing in Polynesia. Random. How is that possible? <laughs> um, being worried about, like, finding a house. And Shirley's just like, get out of the operation. You've gone back into operational mode, you know? Right, like, exactly. <laughs> Looking at forums, it was uh, it was not good. You know, it's basically going to the operation of mode of 
this is impossible, Charlene. This is not going to happen. It's too hard. So many people have failed. How am I supposed to do this? And then switching over to that doesn't matter. If you were there, what what is it that you would want to feel? What what is it that you'd want your day to look like? Focusing mm-hmm. on that, and then all of a sudden, that's when things started to click. So that's mm-hmm. I, I I think you call that co-creating with the universe. That's mm-hmm. something else that we stepped into. It just depends on what stage you're in, I guess. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. well, yeah, I mean, you need you need all the basics. I I believe because, and I've said this you know, in the previous, previous podcast, it's like, we need a certain amount of life force energy to co-create with. So if you have all of your life force energy locked into judgment and resentments and regrets (laughs) and all of you are literally depleting your energy. So you're not going to have a lot of life force energy to be able to co-create with, but we've cleared, you've cleared a lot of that. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah. you started to, to, to take ownership and, and, and really feel your own power. Mm-hmm. And that's when these things really start to click. And that's why it's, you got to think about, and this is for anybody listening, the unknown, it's also an exciting place because we don't have to know all the how. You can let the universe <laughs> fill in the how, right? Because the mind is always going to try to go, the route of the safest bet. And that's usually from the past. So anytime you're trying to, to quote unquote manifest, you're using the past to manifest a future, which means you're going to get more of the past. When you mm. want to open, open slate, when you want a blank canvas, that's the unknown. And it's going to have to show up in a way that you don't expect. You have to be open to that. And so we got to let go of that control. We got to let go of you know, how we used to do it. We got to let go of, you know, all the fear that's telling us, oh, we got to prepare for this, that, and the other. It's like, no, just let that go. All you have to do is use your imagination, cast it out, and then trust and really feel because the feeling is the engine to how co-creation operates. And so many people are operating from fear and from the past and limitation. That's why they keep creating that in their life. So thanks for opening uh, me to that, Charlene. (laughs) (laughs) At the end of the day, it's that. It's that's that's beautifully put. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. All right. So let's just get to some like fun questions. Yeah. We can do like, you know, like uh, on YouTube Vogue, 73 questions in like two minutes. I'm making that (laughs) up, but like something like that. Yes. Okay. What is one promise that you're making to yourself that you're going to keep going forward? Oh God. One promise that I'm making to myself um, that I'm going to keep going forward is I'm going to say drink water every day. No, (laughs) (laughs) that's fine. Okay. No, I, I, I say that jokingly, but, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost like take your vitamin every day. And I did a, right. a, a body work session about this and that's a, that's a small symbol of, of taking you, putting yourself first. I'll always mm. take care of my daughter first. That's like a, a non given, but I really have to make commitments to myself. And that that's just something that I need to work on, but yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Okay. What does joy look like for you now? Oh, playing, playing, dancing, playing and dancing. That's joy. Wonderful. Um, and what, what would you tell somebody, um, like what being fearless is really about for you? 
what being fearless is. Um, for me, it's it's being able to allow yourself to imagine. Um, mm. That's what it is. Because I, I think that's that, that, there's so much creativity that we worked on together. This like imagination, this this space of yes, this space of creation. Um, and then I think when when you're in certain situations, you don't even allow yourself to imagine, but we're all born with that. This childhood curiosity, this childhood, you know, people think that we have to teach children, but no, children, they teach us about limitless, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have limits. This world, I can create whatever I can. I can be whatever I want to be. And this is the magic you're talking about, you know, life force. This is this is what lights us up at the end of the day. So allow mm. yourself to imagine. Mm, I love that. I love that. And so a year from now, it's been a year in Polynesia. You're having a grand old time. What would you tell yourself now? What would I tell myself now? Um, this is great. This is how powerful marketing is. I was just going to say, just do it. Just, just in the sense, sense word. And, and this is maybe the next phase of what we're working on, but there are a lot of ideas. So there's this space of like being an artist with your life, having these ideas, wanting to bring things to people, just do it, experiment. Um, yes. and don't be afraid of the outcome. Don't be afraid of the failure. I think that's something that I kind of learned with you, right? That right. we talk about this all the time, that the only failure there is, is in not trying, not, not allowing yeah. yourself to experience an experiment. So that's... Yes. Oh, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Oh my God, Trina. Thank you so much <laughs> for joining me. On this, on thank this you, long, Charlene. On this long journey and I, I just adore you and I cannot wait to be zooming with you when you're in French Polynesia. What is it? Over you there wait too. a second. Let's that's <laughs> no, I, I, I'm going to say it here right now. You can't wait to be visiting me in French zooming. <laughs> no, that is true. That is true. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will, any, I will leave your contact info or how people can um, reach out to you if they have any questions. Cause you have, you actually, there's so much to your story that we didn't even touch upon, but I want people to really look you up because you've done so many extraordinary things with your life and, and people need to know about it. So. <laughs> Thank you, Charlene. It was wonderful speaking with you. You're welcome. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.